If you have a copy of God's word, uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 8. We're starting a new chapter here this morning. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. And this morning we'll be looking at Jesus' more excellent priestly ministry. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Hear God's word. Now the point and what we're saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, thus It is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve as a copy and shadow of the heavenly things for which Moses was about to erect the tent. For when Moses, excuse me, was about to erect the tent, He was instructed by God, saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. As we go to the text here this morning, I want to just kind of get your thoughts going with the question. Where can we as believers find comfort and assurance? Where, where do you find comfort and assurance? That's what Hebrews is all about. Hebrews is all about that which gives us the comfort we need and the assurance we need to live our lives in a fallen world. These Hebrew Christians, the author understands that they're going to live like they should as believers. They must fix their eyes on Jesus. And that's what he is doing in Hebrews is fixing their eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12. It's the passage that Pastor Mark read, Colossians chapter 3, says this very thing about us as believers. If, if, if it is true that you are a believer, if it is true that you have been raised with Christ, listen to the Apostle Paul. He says in uh, chapter 3 of Colossians, verses 1, and, 1 through 3, which was read earlier, he says, if you... If then you have been raised up with Christ, if you as a believer, if you're sitting here and you're a believer and you've been raised up with Christ, this is to be the character of your life. It's not a suggestion. This is to be the mindset that you're to have. Listen to what he says. If you didn't, if then you've been raised up with Christ, if you're united with Christ and his death, burial and resurrection, if you're united with him, seek the things that are above 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Where is Christ? He is seated at the right hand of God. And since he is seated there, we're to seek those things or set our minds on those things. He says in verse two, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died. This is how we characterize our lives in Christ. We have died to the old and come alive to the new. For you have died in your life. The life that you have, the life that God is giving you is not here on this earth. Your true life, I should say. You're living physically, but your true, the life that God has for you is in Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ in God, Paul says. I think today, and as I talk to people, and I'm pretty sure you come and to understand this too, as you talk to people about Christ, many seem to think that God's kingdom is on earth rather than heaven. They talk more about the things of of the of the earth, the things uh, of life here on this earth, happiness here on this earth, healing here on this earth. They 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 talk like the kingdom of God is 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 on earth. Our life, as if our life is is on earth. Just listen, listen to the preaching, listen to the teaching, listen to the conversation. As I think about them and I think about Jesus in the wilderness. Satan came and tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. And what did he try to tempt him with? The things of the earth. The, the, the kingdoms of the earth. I'll give you all of this. If you just bow down and worship me. Satan hasn't, hasn't changed. He, he hasn't changed his strategy. He's, he still desires. Uh, to take our focus off of Christ. But we must beware of that reality. Scripture tells us to set our minds on things above, continuously set our minds on things above. We're to, according to the Lord's Prayer, continually pray and desire that God's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. We should long for and desire that as Habakkuk 2 and 14, that for the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the, the waters cover the sea. That, that should be what our concern is, not with the things of this world, the things of this earth. Because in doing this and in, in focusing on these things, we, we can't live with confidence if we live for what we see around us, for, for, for what we have in our hands. We, we won't live with confidence. And so 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 uh, thinking of this, I think of the warnings here in Hebrews. The, the writer says in Hebrews chapter two, verse one, he says, we must pay close attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. Drift, drift away 
from Christ to, to the things of the world. Drift away from Christ to, to living a life that is based upon my strength. To drift away from Christ and to live for my own joy, peace, and happiness. The Hebrew writer says, pay much closer attention to what you've heard in the gospel, what you've heard about Christ. Least we drift. Set your mind upon Christ. Why Christ? What, why, should we, why should we set our focus upon Christ? This is what the author is about here in our passage. He has been he has been pointing to Jesus Christ. He has been teaching about Christ uh, from the Old Testament. And 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 what is it that he's trying to get us to understand? Well, look, look at verse verse one. He 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 brings us in. He reels us all in. Notice what he says in verse one. And we're going to see here uh, Christ as, and his service, his superior service. Look, look what he said. He said, now the point in what we're saying is this. He, he is, this is, he, he summarizes his, his, this is his main point. This is the main point of what he is teaching. The main point is this. We have such a high priest. This, this is his main point. He, he, he has talked about Christ, who is the one who is the father's supreme and final word to us the, the christ who who is god's son who is superior to the angels christ who is better uh than than abraham he is superior to abraham he is superior to moses he is superior to 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 aaron this is god's son he is one who is a priest a high priest and the author saying this the point i'm making in all of this is that we have such a high priest and he's going to go go and build on and explain what he means, uh, what he has the the the, uh, uh, the 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 point that he has been coming to. We we have one who is God's son, who is who is the high priest, and we we must recognize him as our high priest. Jesus is a high priest. That's that's what he is. Perhaps some Jews were questioning these. Jewish believers about Christ and, and who he is. The writer says, this is who we have. We have such a high priest. You don't have to worry. We have a high priest who is interceding for us. Remember that the author is writing to Jewish believers during a time in which the, the, the temple was still standing. The priest was offering sacrifices. The works in the temple were still going on. And perhaps some of the Jews uh, came to them and said, oh, you don't have a high priest. Look, there's our high priest right there. Where's your high priest at? I don't see him. Where's your high priest at? And so the, 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 the writer here says, we have such a high priest. He has, he has been building up to this point. We, we have a, a high priest right now at this present time. You and I, even you and I, we have a, a high priest. What's the what is this high priest doing? What what is what is he doing? He's a, we have a high priest, and notice that he's seated. He he's a high priest who is seated. One, the writer says, one who is seated. Now the Jews. It may not blow our minds, but this would have blown the minds of the Jewish audience. 
because no high priest ever sat down. No high priest sat down. Uh, he, he, he didn't take a seat. He, he didn't come into God's presence and uh, offering the sacrifice uh, on the Day of Atonement, uh, on the holies of holies, uh, going into the holies of holies, the most holy place in the tabernacle. He didn't go in there and offer a sacrifice. And after he offered a sacrifice, there's a chair there. He'd get the chair and he sat down. And, and hold. He didn't do that. He, he didn't do that. He, no priest uh, could, could, could take a seat. There were no chairs in the tabernacle. There, there was no chairs no, there were no chairs anywhere. There was no seat in the holiest holies. No priest under the old covenant ever sat down. They never sat down when they were doing their work. Now, they obviously they sat down when they were not offering sacrifices. But we're talking about as he did his priestly duty, as he did his priestly work, he never sat down. But our high priest is one who is seated. He, he, and this signifies that his work is done. The high priest of the Old Testament, they, they came in, they offered sacrifice, they went out, they came back in, they offered sacrifices over and over. Their work was never finished, so they could never sit down. But Christ, he is one who is seated. He, he is one who is seated. The, 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 the old covenant priests, they offered sacrifices for sin, uh, and God accepted these sacrifices, but Here's the thing. The people of Israel never stopped sinning. <laughs> they kept on sinning. And what was needed? Sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. They, work, they were working all the time. The, 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 what, what they did, the system they were a part of, the sacrificial system, uh, part of the, the, the law uh, under the old covenant, it could never provide the permanent righteousness. This is what it, what it pointed to, the fact that they were offering sacrifices. They had to repeat sacrifices over and over because the people continually sinned. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 and 12, it says, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for, he, uh, for, uh, for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Christ offered a single sacrifice himself. And, he, and, as, and after he offered that sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of God. This, is, this, is, this would, have been, would, would have been good news to those Jewish believers that we have a high priest who is seated. That means that his work is accomplished. Never to be repeated again. Dr. Phil Newton noted this in regards to uh, the, the need that there's, there's nothing else that needed to be done after what Christ has done, which is signified by his seat, being seated at the uh, right hand of God. Dr. Phil Newton said this. He says, any reestablishment of the sacrificial uh, system is blasphemous and foolishness. And he added, uh, quote, the, uh, the aorist tense of the verb here implies that Jesus has taken his seat and is never to be usurped and never to be improved upon, end quote. So Jesus, the fact that he is seated means that his work is complete and there is nothing else that needs to be done. There is nothing else you can do to improve upon what Jesus Christ has done because he is seated. He's seated at the 
the right hand of God. This this is this is the the this has been uh, revealed to us throughout all scripture. Mark 16 verse 19 talking about Jesus uh, being being seated. Uh, 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 it says that Jesus was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And this is what the, the, the author goes on and says. He says at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven. This, this is this is Jesus, our high priest. He is he is seated and he is seated and not uh, 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 in not in the in the, ta- the earthly tabernacle, but in in the heavenly tabernacle. He has he has ascended into heaven. He's ascended into heaven and he's seated in heaven. This is why we're because he is seated. In heaven. This is why uh, Colossians three and one says, if you've been raised up with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If Christ is at the right. If Christ was your life is at the right hand of the father. Then set your mind there. Our, our, our priest is, is seated. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says of Christ that he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and upholds the universe by the word of his power and making purifications for sin. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is, this is, this is our high priest. He, he is seated. Hebrews chapter one, verse uh, number 13, uh, going back to, to, to the psalm, it says, and to the angel, which of the angels has he said, talking about God, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a, foot, uh, a footstool for your feet. This is the father talking to, to Christ. He is seated. He is seated there because this is where the father has ordained for him to be. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 says this, but Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God. In the mind of, of the, the Jewish believers, this would have been, it would have shocked them to understand that Christ as, as a high priest offered a single sacrifice. And that single sacrifice was sufficient to please God's holy justice against sinners. He, he, he is seated. He is a high priest. He is seated. Which means he reigns. He is absolutely sovereign. Our, G, our Lord Jesus Christ the one whom we serve, the one we have committed our, our lives to, he is absolutely sovereign. He, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. This is why we're to take the gospel. We don't have to fear taking the gospel and telling someone about the gospel because they have no power. We have no power to save. Christ has the, all power in heaven and earth has been given to him. He because he is who he is, he is our high priest and, and one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty. He, it, it reveals to us that he did what we could never do. He did what no pastor could do. He did what no church can do. No church can position you at the right hand of the father. In Christ. <laughs> Jesus, he has absolute sovereignty. He, he has 
when, when he chooses to assert his authority to save, guess what? People are saved. You're here because of Jesus' absolute authority. You're a testimony that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, at the position of honor and the position of authority. You, you are a testimony to that reality as a believer. That when, if he, if he saves, uh, you're saved. And not only you're saved, you're saved to the uttermost. Because one day you're going to be with him in heaven. It, he, he has such authority to, as, as our high priest. John says in John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29, our Lord says this. He has such authority. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. This is we're, we're talking about the authority of our high priest and, and, and the, the, the sacrifice that he offered, the authority that he has to save. Hebrews 5 and 9 says of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, he has become the, the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Hebrews 7 and 25, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Since he lives, he always lives to make intercession for them. We're talking about our great high priest who is seated. And because we are in him, talking about his ability to save. Romans 8 and 1 says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Beloved, Jesus reigns over you. And, and his reign over you in salvation, it clears you of sin, of, of your sin. Because in him, you have been made the righteousness of God. And so the author saying to these Jews here, you ain't, you don't, you're not missing anything. Because Jesus is your high priest, and you've gained everything. Since Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, you've gained everything. You're not missing anything. Those Jews that are still offering the sacrifices in the temple. Those priests who are still taking those sacrifices and 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 thinking that they're offering those sacrifices to God. God ain't God ain't hearing that. Hey, that has nothing to do that that, that. that has nothing to do. With God and and his relationship with people anymore because of Christ. They, they have everything. And so they, they have a, a high priest, one who, who is Christ is, is seated. And he's doing a work in the heavenly sanctuary. Notice what it, he says, verse two, that uh, uh, he is a, a minister. Jesus, our high priest, ministers. In the, the, the sanctuary, the, the superior sanctuary, and it's what we can ready to see. The word minister here, has, it points to, the, to his priestly service. 
And, and the sphere of Jesus' priestly service, the place where, where he intercedes, the, the sphere of his intercession is in the very presence of God. He, he is in heaven itself. We're talk, he, he's not in, a, in contrast to the, the, the high priest who, who worked in the, the tabernacle. It was on earth. It, it, was a, it was made by man on earth. But Jesus is in heaven. Heaven that is made by God. The, the writer says he's a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the, that the Lord set up, not man. The, the sanctuary, the, the, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is our great high priest, is, is not like that on earth. So the writer said, don't, don't pay attention to that, to the earthly tabernacle where the priests are still offering sight. Don't pay attention to that because the, the true sanctuary, notice he says the true tent. The, it, 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 this is a true t- or a true tabernacle. This is where our high priest, he is seated and he is ministering there. He, Hebrews chapter 9 tells us this. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. It says, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent or tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. We'll talk about the, the tabernacle uh, here uh, in, in a few minutes. But the, 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 the place that Jesus serves, the place that Jesus ministered is a true tabernacle. It, it is far superior than any earthly tabernacle because the maker is God. In he, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, the writer says this, for Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, meaning man-made, which are copies, because these things, this is what they are, which are copies of the true things, but in heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Christ is at the right hand of God. He is in the true tabernacle, and he appears in the presence of God on our behalf. He's in the presence of God serving on our behalf. He, so he, he ministers. He, he, he is, he is, his, his ministry is far superior to that of the high priest because Jesus is in God's presence at God's right hand, serving in, in, in uh, the heavenly tabernacle. So Jesus, he, he serves. And, and uh, he's superior because of, of his service. Uh, and his service uh, to God. But notice also in verse 3 it talks about gifts and sacrifices. Christ's sacrifice was superior. And this is what we're getting ready to see here. He says, but, but because when a high priest went into the holiest of holies, he had to go with a sacrifice. He, had to, he couldn't just walk into uh, the holiest of holies on the day of atonement. He couldn't just walk in there without a sacrifice. He had to go Within sacrifice. So the writer says here, for every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. That that was their that was their central and primary function was to offer gifts and sacrifices. The, the word here uh, again uh, points to the fact that the, the 
uh, the tense of the, this verb here is appointed indicates that the temple is still standing. It, it, this is this that's probably what it appoint is point. It says it's appointed, meaning uh, as right now that that this is still going on. So the the temple is still standing, and the priest is still offering sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter five verse one. We see this is where it says, for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer sacrifice, gifts and sacrifices for sins. And so uh, the, the function of the high priest, the central purpose of the high priest is that they were appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Notice the tense of these uh, of, of, of these uh, the gifts is it's gifts, plural. And sacrifices, plural, many gifts, many sacrifices. They had to offer many gifts and many sacrifices in order to enter the earthly sanctuary. But look what the writer goes on and says, thus it is necessary for this priest, who? Our high priest, uh, Christ, Jesus Christ. For it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Since God has appointed Jesus Christ as our high priest, according to uh, uh, Psalms, uh, Psalm 110, uh, God has appointed Jesus as a high priest. So if he is a high priest, then it was necessary for him to have something to offer. Just like the Old Testament high priest, if they went into the sanctuary to serve, they, they, they had to have an offering. Jesus was was the same. He was he is a high priest and he has to have something to offer. When he came into the heavenly sanctuary, what did he offer? Himself. He he offered himself. The the he 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 serves in heaven, the the heavenly sanctuary, the superior sanctuary. And because of that, he needed that there needed to be a better sacrifice than what the priests on the earth offered. Jesus offered himself to God, a sacrifice in the suffering of death. And, 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 and this is uh, this is something that is uh, that is not continually done. Uh, something to to offer uh, notes that uh, this is this is this is not a continuing offering. Uh, that Jesus uh, is it has made uh, Hebrews chapter seven. Verse 27, it says uh, of Jesus, he has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did did this once. Uh, he did this uh, once for all when he offered up himself. And so Jesus had something to offer as our high priest. He offered himself. This was a uh, one time offer. Jesus, what makes him superior to that of the, the old covenant priests is that not only is Jesus the perfect priest or the offerer, but he is the sacrifice. He, he's a perfect priest. He is the perfect sacrifice, the perfect offering to God. He, he, is, he is both. So, so he, the, the writer says here that it was thus necessary for this priest to have something to offer. Christ offered himself. Notice verse 4. This is this would have been shocking again to the Jewish readers. He says, now 
if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all. Since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. If, if Jesus was on earth, he wouldn't be a priest. That, that, that would have blown the circuits of, of the, the uh, Jewish people. If, if Jesus was on earth, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be a priest because his priesthood is not regulated by the law. What is Jesus' priesthood regulated by? God's promise and God's oath. The, uh, the Levitical priesthood, they, it was regulated by the law. Uh, the, it, it was uh, given, the, the law gave instructions uh, to the, Le, the Levitical priests on uh, who, was to serve, uh, who was to serve, how they were to serve, how long they were served, uh, what they were to wear. Uh, the, 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 the law, uh, covered the, the, uh, 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 sacrificial, uh, ceremonial law covered those things. And, and the, the priests, they worked according, or they lived according to the law. But Jesus Christ, he's not under the, under the law. He, he is after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is of a different order than uh, all the earthly priests. So if Jesus, because he is from the tribe of Judah, remember that he's from the tribe of Judah, and he is after the order of Melchizedek, if, uh, Jesus wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been qualified to be an earthly priest. Uh, so, he, so he would have been excluded from priestly service. John Brown observed here he says quote it seems uh talking about why did the author uh, put this in here this this statement in here he said it seems an answer uh to the suggestion of the unbelieving jews he says this is what they the unbelieving jews would say but you have no high priest on earth and he says the reply is substantially no we have not and it is far better that we have not it is better that we don't have an earthly high priest because the earthly high priest is limited, right? The, the high priest on earth, they couldn't go into heaven. They can't go to heaven and sit at God's right hand. The sacrifices they offer, they had to continually offer. They even had to offer sacrifices for themselves. So uh, uh, John Brown said, he says, yeah, he said we he says uh, the, the answer to those Jews that uh, that they uh, the fact that there is no high priest on earth. He said, yeah, and it's, it's good that we don't have one because he could not. He says he could not be the high priest we need. His ministry is far higher, a far higher ministry than that of any priest, end quote. You know, when I when I was growing up, you know how you have kids kids tease you, you know, stick their tongue out at you, nine nine boo boo. You know, you stick your tongue out. You don't have, you know, I got some candy. You know, y'all used to do that when you was a little kid. You have some candy. You go and you and you make fun of other kids because they don't have candy. You know, so thinking about this, you know, the Jews are sitting around and and thinking that you know they have a, a argument. 
You know, nah, 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 you don't have a high priest. And the Hebrew writer says you have such a high priest that is greater than their high priest. Don't allow their ridicule to disturb you. You, you, you have a, a great high priest. Who has a far higher ministry. He ministers in a superior place in heaven. And notice the character. And so to, to help these readers understand this, he, he talks about the character of the old priesthood. He says, verse five, they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. The, the earthly priests did their work as servants of a copy and a shadow of the heavenly reality. The, the, the tent uh, or the tabernacle the priest served in, it was a it was it was built according to the pattern shown to Moses on the mountain. It, it was it was it was Moses uh, who uh, was given the instructions about the the uh, tent that was erected in the wilderness. Uh, ultimately, uh, ultimately that pointed forward to to the temple, which pointed forward to Jesus Christ. So it says here for when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God. Moses didn't uh, raise this tent based upon what he thought it should be about. No, he was instructed by God saying, see then, make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. We find this in Exodus chapter 25, Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25, verse 40. Talking about the sanctuary. And he says in Exodus 25, verse 40, and see that you make them after the pattern, after the pattern for them, which is shown you on the mountain. And I think the language that uh, is is used here is the talking about uh, the uh, tabernacle in heaven is given to us so that we can kind of understand uh, what is what is being said here. Is there a, a tabernacle in heaven? Is is there a, 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 a tent uh, where God dwells in, in heaven? I think the author has given us uh, language that 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 will help us to understand because Moses, that when he built the tent, he was given the blueprints uh, to and uh, to build. He was instructed by God to, uh, precisely how he was to build uh, the the uh, earthly uh, tent or earthly tabernacle. Ultimately, the tabernacle in which the priest served. The instructions came from God. And it was built by Moses, who was a man. And in uh, the tabernacle, the priest, uh, the, the people that served inside the tabernacle was was those who were man. And so the author is saying is that uh, the uh, this this place in which the high priest worked and offered sacrifices. It was a it was a it was a type. It was it was a copy. It, it was a shadow. Even the priests, they were copied. They were shadows of, of heavenly things. 
They pointed to something be, that was greater. All of, all of the sacrifices, the priest, the tabernacle, the sanctuary, all these things, the, the, show, the table of showbread, uh, the, the, the cherubim, uh, all of those things in, 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 the, in the tabernacle pointed to Jesus Christ. And so uh, Jesus uh, and, and his superior ministry. So uh, these earthly things are they're they're uh, they're in comparison to Jesus Christ. Uh, they're lesser. And so he says, uh, see that you uh, tell him, Moses, see that you make everything to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. And so the writer goes on in verse six, but as it is, Christ has obtained a, a ministry that is much more excellent than the old as the covenant. He mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. And we'll talk a little bit more about this next week. But Christ has obtained the word obtained implies that this is this is this is permanently Christ has has obtained permanently uh a, uh, a a ministry that is that is better. He's a he his office as mediator is, is better, and it is never to be approved on. It is never to be replaced. It, the, these Jews who are concerned about whether or not they're missing out on something, uh, the the, he, the the writer is saying these are what you see are are only shadows. They're only. Uh, types that point forward to Jesus Christ. In Christ, you have the fulfillment of these things. You have in Christ, you have that which all of those things point to. And, and because of, of Christ, he has a, a better uh, covenant because it is based upon the promises. Uh, his, his priesthood is based upon the promise and oath of God. And so, are you trying to improve upon what Jesus Christ has done? This is what the writers get trying to get over to these believers. You, th there is no way that anyone could improve upon what Jesus Christ has done. You, th th there is nothing you need to, to turn away from, uh, to turn to, I should say, uh, to do in order to please God. Jesus Christ has he is your life. And, and that is significant because in him, we have everything necessary in order to stand one day in order to stand before holy God and fellowship with him. It, it is Christ who enables us to draw near to God with confidence. We can pray to God. We can we can be confident in our relationship with him through through Jesus Christ because of what Christ has done. That there is nothing that you and I can do that, that can improve on what Christ has done. The, the Christ's sacrifice and his service enables us to serve and sacrifice uh, in a way that pleases God. So, so th th there, is, there is nothing outside of Christ that we can do. The Apostle Paul understood this. He talked about his life uh, in in reference to the Christ and and the and his finished work uh, on the cross. Paul said in Galatians chapter two verse twenty, he says this. He says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me." 
because of Jesus Christ, the fact that he is our great high priest and, and the high priest who is not only the one who who is the who offers the sacrifice. He is the sacrifice. Paul, because of this reality, Paul said, I no longer live for myself. I no longer try to live a life that that uh, that uh, is is lived by rules and, and regulations and trying to live by rules and regulations to please God. He said, no, I, I've been crucified with Christ. The one who used to to live according to the law. As a way of pleasing God. That old me has been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the, the life I now live, he says, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because of who Jesus Christ is, 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 is that your testimony? Is this, this is why... All of, all of this is important. It gives us a frame of reference of how to see Christ as our Savior. If, if we didn't have uh, these, uh, these examples that, that is given to us in Scripture, we would formulate a Jesus Christ that is nothing like the Jesus Christ in Scripture. And, and, and I tell you, I run across people that, that don't know the Jesus Christ of the scripture. Their Jesus Christ is, is, is sort of like the, the one that the people envisioned when Jesus fed the 5,000. Remember Jesus fed the 5,000 and, and, and they ate and, and they were hung, uh, they were, they were filled because they were hungry and they followed Jesus because of what he did. And Jesus said, you follow me not because of the sign. What is the sign? Jesus himself. He, he is the, he is the, the sign points to that uh, something that is that is greater. Jesus is the sign. He was he is there in front of them. He who is the son of God show his uh, divine power by feeding them. And they did not follow him. Not be, not be, they wanted to follow him, not because he was God, but because he fed them. And we can we can do the same thing. People. And I, and I tell you, people uh, that there are many Christians who are who have wandered away from Christ after the things of this world. And and to the point that they don't say my life is all about Christ. God has been merciful to us. He understands us as that we're 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 like little children, and we need examples. We we need examples in order to 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 comprehend the greatness of Jesus Christ as our Savior, the greatness of Jesus Christ as our High Priest. God is a he's a he's a great teacher who loves us, and he has given us these examples in Scripture. And as I think about Jesus Christ and and yes, some of these things are hard to understand. It's just like the book of Revelation is hard to understand. But it is given to us to encourage our faith.
And I think about Revelation chapter 5. I'm thinking about Jesus as the one who did that which no man can do. In Revelation chapter 5, it, it, it talked about, as a matter of fact, I'm going to read it and, and, and I'm closing. It says, Therefore I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and break his seal. There was, uh, and, and, and it says in verse three, Revelation chapter five, verse three, and no one in heaven or on the earth, or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look in it. And John seeing this, John understanding that there is, there was no one in heaven on earth or under the earth that was able to open the scroll. And because John started weeping, he says, and I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look in it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more, John. <laughs> weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and his seven seals. Jesus can do what no man can do. Jesus can do what no angels can do. It says in verse six, and between the thrones and the four creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing and, and, though, and though it had been slain. And seven horns with, with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And when he, and he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who, who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy. Worthy are you to take the scroll. Talking about Christ. Our great high priest, the lamb that was slain. What makes him significant over all others? Because he took the, he, he is able to open the scroll. And, it, and, and those in heaven, they understood. They said, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open the seals. For you were slain. He's worthy because he was slain and by the blood of your ransom people and by the blood and by your blood, your ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God. They shall reign on the earth. And it says, then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders with the voice of many angels numbered myriad upon myriads and thousand upon thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and he said and i heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and and to the lamb be blessing honor and glory and might forever and ever. 
And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. And so I read this. So as you think about Jesus Christ, do, do uh, all that you know that you read in Scripture, do it lead you to worship of Jesus Christ? Do you boast in him? Do you live for him? Do you live for him with thankfulness in your heart? I pray that you do. Let, let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have given us your truth that revealed to us that there is no boasting from man before you. None of us can boast. No high priest could boast. The people who offered the sacrifices to the high priest, they couldn't boast. And, and that signifies that no one can boast before you, one who is holy and righteous in all things. But there is one in whom we can boast we can boast in him because of what he has done. We can worship and we can praise you because of what he has done. And, 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 and thinking about Christ and what he has done, that, that reality enables us to overcome all circumstances that we can encounter in this world. Whether it's sickness, whether it's death of a loved one, whether it's uh, whether it's a trial or tribulation, whether it's an attack from the enemy, none of those things surpass the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And because we know Christ, because we know him, we, we know him, not, not just as, as one who uh, is, 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 we just read the pages of scripture, we know him in our hearts. We, we know him in a way that is real. And, and, and the knowledge of Christ enables us to live a life that enables us to overcome whatever we face in this world. It's a shame that there are those who call themselves Christians who don't cherish Christ, who don't have hope in Christ and what he brings their focus is upon the things of this world. Which means that they've been deceived by the enemy. They've been deceived by say they've fallen for the lie. That the things of this world, life in this world. Can provide the joy and the happiness that only Christ can provide. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you that we have Christ and we have the truth of Scripture and we have these wonderful examples that help us to understand what type of Savior we have. It gives us a frame of reference to think about Jesus Christ so that we don't think about him in a way that dishonors him. We don't think about him in a way that makes more of ourselves rather than making more of him. And so, Father, I pray that all who call Christ Lord 
would know Christ in this way, in a way that causes them to to worship you and praise you and to do all things with thanksgiving. Because that is the heritage that we have been given in Christ. We've not been given a life to live for ourselves and to boast in ourselves, but to boast in Jesus Christ. And Father, there, there are those who are here that are living in trials and going through uh, suffering and, and, and things that can, that can distract away from Jesus Christ. I pray that they will see Christ through these things, that they will see Christ even though they're hurting and in pain, that they will see Christ ruling and reigning. And that they will do what James says, count it all joy because of who Christ is. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.